Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm t- where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big football show. Good to have you with us from the Dave and City Studios at the home of champion Southern California. Um, it's It's been busy today for, for yours truly, but uh, I hope you're doing all right out there. And we're ready to do another football show. Um, I do want to announce a couple things at the top. Um, I know that our friend Ron is uh, has a uh, personal situation, so he won't be with us for the foreseeable future, at least on the air. But we'll be hearing his picks each night. As we um, go through the rest of the season, I think he'll be back. It's just that I don't have an entire read as to when, um, but uh, we'll make things work. I think, and I think it'll be. We're wishing him the best and his family the best as well. So, so all all the best. So let's go and uh, bring in uh, the folks we have tonight as we get into another football picks. We're we're, we're gonna just get right into this. I'm not gonna waste any time. But uh, boy, what a what an incredible moment we have here. Um, with an ups, big upset in the top 25 this weekend, and and also some upsets in the on the uh, NFL side as well, and a thriller in Santa Clara and a thriller in Kansas City. I mean, the NFL's off to a blazing start with all sorts of close games and big finishes, and uh, our picks rolling a light right alongside with them. It's been a it's been a good ride for us so far. Let's see if we can continue the hot streak. Let's hit it. All right, football picks, week number five. Let's do it. Uh, good to have us back. Big week for the two folks on the air with us tonight. I mean, Andy and John, both doing really well. Five and one for both of them as they continue to, to move make moves here in our season contest. And uh, just behind is me, Dave, at two and two. Ron is one and th- was one and three for week number four. And the massive number of guest picks by Tom in New Jersey did all right. They did went four and four. He was awarded eight guest picks because we did not have guest picks back in week two. So he made up the difference with the, with his picks. His bonus pick also hit too, by the way. It, the bonus pick was Carolina minus eight. He got that as well. So the standings after four weeks, we have John. That's not right. The, John is 11 and three. Dave is, ele- is eight and four. Let me, I can fix that. Like hey, Dave is actually not that record either. <laughs> just... Easy fix, easy fix. I know what to fix. I don't know. I can fix this. Hold on. Hold on just a second, everybody. Um, okay. There we go. John is 11 and 3. Dave is 10 and 4. Andy is 8 and 6. Ron is 7 and 7. The guest picks are 5, 8, and 1. That, those are the accurate up to the minute standings. So, John, really just having a great start to the season. And, uh, and I'm not too far back in. The other two of us are not too far back either. So, it's a, we're in a good spot. I think let's. I think we're good to go here as we go and, and start this program and talk about all this, all the action in football this week. And uh, and I do want to thank you, uh, Andy and John, for starting a little later tonight. I appreciate that. I mean, it's just my Mongo self forgetting to do the picks. 
But uh, let's start with Andy. Andy, welcome back to the show. How's it going tonight? Good to be on the show. Uh, October is right around the corner. We got a lot of baseball on the brain. Uh, we're a Yankee fan tonight for gambling purposes. Uh, everyone a Yankee fan deep down, but um, got football, baseball, Ryder Cup hangover. It's all good. It's all good. You know, Andy, here's my mo- here's my uh, degenerate moment of the week. I took the Nationals team total over five and a half in this in the game against Colorado. They've been sitting on five runs since the third inning. I mean that. Listen, I mean, I know that's a stupid bet, but that's kind of tough if they just sit on five runs for five innings. Like, that's just not fun. But yeah, well, look, that ship, maybe that ship will come in as we do this show. Let's have, let's. Yeah, let's you're right. We got one more inning, one more chance at it. Love the also positive. free Starbucks day, Dave. Did yeah, you get a free I, coffee? Oh, happy National Coffee Day, everybody. I I just couldn't leave this home office today. Just too many little things kept getting in the way but if there's a starbucks that's open after like eight o'clock local time i'm gonna go have in on that because I, I want a free coffee how's your free coffee it's good nice it's good what's your blend i'm thinking of leo i'm thinking of leo I, I love that that's a good call um all right so let's bring in john to the program too john uh good to have you back as well how are you doing tonight Doing well, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having us back on. Um, all of our best to Ron, obviously, with uh, the family situation he's going through. Um, yeah, exciting week in both um, NFL and college football, so glad to get into all of it. Um, my degenerate moment of the week is that I barely watched any of the Ryder Cup, yet I just put in multiple top 10 and top 20 bets for the Sanderson Farms Championship <laughs> that starts uh, tomorrow. So, um, yeah, you can't get away from the – from the from the uh, from the sheer golf wagers that I will be placing here, but yeah, good to talk about football for sure. And um, I mean, isn't Starbucks open twenty four hours? I mean, at least it, Some you know, where I live, it, it's Dunkin' Donuts is like you know, you, there's one on every corner and they're open all hours of the night. So right, right. I don't know if that's out there with you guys, but I actually did not go to Dunkin' today, so I'm disappointed. I could have gotten free coffee, but alas. Yeah. Oh, Dunkin's a good call too. There's a Dunkin' near me as well. I'll, I'll check on them after the show. We'll see. Um, oh, Kevin's in the chat tonight. Kevin on the Cape says, I need to get in on this guest pick scenario. Kev, next week, man. Make it happen. Come message me. Let me know. Uh, so meanwhile, let's talk about what happened last week in, in football. And uh, it was quite a lot. Let's be honest. Like, there was a big, it was a big week in the NFL. And um, if you look at what happened last week, it was just incredible. A lot of finishes. And, and John, I'm sure you were close to the scene. I mean, you were close to... It was a it, was, it hit close to you because you're looking at a Packer team that came off um, that was not favored. They're they are a three and a half point underdog. Went into San Francisco, really Santa Clara, and then played a really great game. Like it was really a fun one, and the finish was amazing. But uh, give it to Mason Crosby for the kick at the end. Um, I don't know what the defense was by San Francisco ending that game, but you know that's not. That doesn't concern you because you're happy to take the result. Um, but it was overall just an another incredible week in the NFL. So I wanted to get your thoughts on last week's action. John? John, you got me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, I don't know if you have me. It's just my internet is not too great right now. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was just basically saying a big one for, for, for the Packers last week. And, yeah. Uh, and definitely I'll, I'll give it to you for your your thoughts 
just about that game or the week in general? The week. Okay. Yeah, I guess we'll start there. Um, you know, I obviously was not very pleased with the week one performance from Green Bay. Um, but again, and I think we just chalk it up to the fact that they were basically playing third stringers in all their preseason games. Literally no starters played any um, any minutes. And it really showed in that first game against the Saints. They just were not into the game at all. Um, kind of a sluggish half uh, against the Lions in week two. But then they really opened things up after halftime. Rodgers started to get into rhythm. The, uh, the defense, the Lions were playing that cover two, just kind of forced them to kind of check it down, run the ball, just kind of take like little chunks at a time, and then finally got them out of it and started throwing down the field a little bit. And then Sunday night, it was just a just you know vintage Aaron Rodgers performance. I mean, just on point with all of his passes. Play calling was excellent. And um, obviously vintage Aaron Rodgers there at the end, like once the Niners were getting down there towards the, towards the goal line, I was saying to myself, okay, well, I don't want them to score, but I kind of do at the same time because, um, you know, you just, just got to leave Aaron enough time in 37 seconds and no timeouts and what, 40 yards to go. I mean, that was, that was basically all he needed at that point to, to go down the field and make those throws to Adams and, uh, um, Crosby, man, he's he's as clutch as it comes. So, just a, a great win, and uh, I wouldn't say they stole it. I mean, at that point, when the Niners scored, they kind of stole the win because you know I've seen that many times where you know Rodgers doesn't you know make takes a sack or he might throw it away, and you know everyone oh Rodgers isn't clutch, but I mean he he got it done. But um, you know if you you know if you watch the whole game, I think you could say that the Packers were the better team. Um, you know, but for most of the night, I mean, the officials were just absolutely horrible. Uh, Jerome Boger, he's just completely incompetent. There was a couple of roughing the pass, passer calls that were mind-boggling. And then Devontae Adams gets his brain scrambled on a catch over the middle, and they don't throw a flag on that. Um, it, it, it was just every – and then there was like a tripping call. I've never seen that before in the NFL. That extended a drive, so – the refs, you know, people like to bitch and moan about how the other refs love the Packers. Well, they certainly didn't love them on Sunday night. So um, that was a, uh, you know, they had to overcome that. So uh, th their defense actually, I think, played much, much better than the first two games. And I had some concerns heading in, obviously, how they look. But maybe they're starting to get the new scheme from the new defensive coordinator, um, starting to get that down. So they played much better. And we'll see if they can keep that going forward. But definitely the prospects for the Packers are much better, I think, in my opinion, than um they were say two weeks ago um i guess for the other games i don't know if dave can you guys still hear me i think yeah i still hear you yep not. still hear you okay good it looks like i was frozen for a second um so some of the other games i mean obviously the chiefs chargers game was the uh one of the early games that everyone was paying attention to when just the Chiefs just continue their struggles with, you know, covering spreads and and even lost outright in this game. And their defense just continues to be a major liability. Um, and and Herbert got the job done uh, and just really took control of the game from the start. Um, I'm trying to think of some of these other early games. Um, I, Dave, you mind putting up the scoreboard there for a minute? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hold on, let me just get that back. What Let's... happened on on Sunday? Let's see. Which game were you looking at? Let's see. Oh, the Charger okay, yeah, game. Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a good one. And then, of course, the Ravens game, that was the other wild one of the early window where it looks like the Ravens uh, 
they had lost and it was like fourth and 20 and they some Detroit somehow rushes just three guys and they get the first down and and then eventually Tucker kicks a 66 yard field goal that barely crosses the hits the crossbar and goes in and really shouldn't have happened there was a delay a game a blatant delay a game right before then that was missed um should have been a 70 yard kick and obviously he wouldn't have made it um so that, that was kind of the other really interesting game of the early window I mean, you had a few blowouts there i mean the bears i think had 50 yards of offense uh so cleveland just kind of routed them um big ben looks so washed up some of those clips uh. i'm seeing on twitter unbelievable dave you're supposed to be beside yourself they, they should have cut bait with this guy at the end of the offseason like he clearly either doesn't look motivated or is just completely washed up but but um i would say there may, might be a dangerous team that heading into green bay this sunday we'll see but um, I'll let Andy touch on some of the game, other games, but uh, it was a very interesting. It, it really was, John. And and just speaking on the, the, the Steelers point, I mean, a lot of people were yelling at the Steelers to do something about that. Like, draft somebody. Prepare for this situation. And they, I don't know what the reason was for them not doing it, whether they were just too loyal or... They just didn't want to deal with having a, with a cap hit that uh, that might incur if you like re- were to release him, or they could they didn't want to put the effort to make a trade. I don't understand what's going on over there. Like it's it's kind of a tough. I I, I just think that they messed. They really you know listen. I was kind of like you know what this team's still pretty good. Their defense is still pretty good. I wasn't killing them at the time, but a lot of people were, and the a lot of people were right. And now look at them. They look terrible. And it's funny because Andy. If we get you back on screen for a second, I mean, you were saying to us that um, you were saying that the uh, Steelers were were a pretty decent chance to be at least five hundred this year, and I agreed with you. And I thought so too. What I've seen from the first four week, first uh, three weeks has been just abysmal. I'm incredibly disappointed. Like I, I just didn't think it was going to be this bad. And Ben is questionable for this weekend's game. I don't think people are going to be losing much sleep over him not playing. It's, he's just been so brutal. Uh, so anyway, with that in mind and, and all the other good stuff in the in the league, Gandy, let's get your thoughts on last week's action. I'm, I'm not worried yet. I'm not worried yet. Tomlin's got this. But uh, <laughs> it is funny. Like, I'll pro- I might actually take Pittsburgh this Sunday. It's like a classic Tomlin spot. I'm going to kind of copy the Cliff Kingsbury uh, checker theory. Like, you feel better taking Tomlin as a dog than you do taking Tomlin as a favorite because of their history of kind of playing up or down to their opponent. And this year, yeah, Ben's looked old. Their offensive line looks atrocious, but they've covered as a dog against the bills and then they've lost outright as favorites against the Raiders and the Bengals. And now they are, you know, six and a half point underdogs against green Bay, but we'll see. We got a long time before Sunday. That's the Nance game. You know, I, I can see myself taking the Steelers plus six and a half and then the Packers on the money line in the parlay just to, they get the best of both worlds in that instance. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'd like to just quickly talk about, you know, the whole Green Bay situation. Yeah, I, uh, newsflash, Aaron Rodgers is still good at football, even when he does kind of look mopey and when he just looks like he's missing uh, the guy from the, the, the drum movie. But he, he's fine. He, he's good. 
you know what's funny is all the as bad as they looked week one against the Saints, and as John mentioned, like they didn't really they might have gone maybe forty percent during the preseason. Like when when the Pats were at their pinnacle with Brady and Belichick, like the media loved harping on the fact that Belichick used the first four weeks of the regular season as like his test kitchen. And they had plenty of September clunkers, but when another team does it, it's like they just don't get the benefit of the doubt. And it seems like what LaFleur and Rogers did week one was exactly that. Like, let's iron out our kinks now. We got 16 more games. Like, it's okay. And uh, based on what we've seen so far from the other teams in that division, the Lions aren't going anywhere. The Bears are just an absolute disaster. And the Vikings look good. But, the, I mean, the Vikings defense hasn't stopped anybody yet. So I, I think Green Bay is going to be okay. Hot take. But um, rest of the league, I'm going to – I was looking it up. Uh, I'm not trying to be rude like Mike looking on his phone. It's just because my other screens are – allocated this game <laughs> so, uh, you know the john mentioned the chiefs like inability to cover games and they are on like some horrid stretch where like i think they're like 111 against the spread in their last 12 or something like that but reaching beyond that the last game that they've won by double finger figures i'm not going to count the afc championship game against buffalo because buffalo looked like they were a little uh deer in the headlights in that game but the last regular season game they won by double digits was uh, against the Jets on November 1st, 35-9. And then since then, every game in the regular season has been close. Wow. 31, 33, 31, 27, 24, 22, 16, 33, 27, 32, 29, 17, 14. And then what we've seen so far this year. So the Chiefs, um, obviously their offense is still top notch, but – their defense allows for the other teams to stay in it. And as uh, as much as we like to make fun of Philadelphia, I think they can keep it close this Sunday. Um, I don't think I'll take Philadelphia, but there's no – what the Chiefs have shown you in recent history is their inability to put people away. Yeah. So something to keep an eye on. I think the other teams – you know, congratulations, yachts. But those other teams, they they get up for these games. They want they want to they want to beat Mahomes. They want to they want to beat the Chiefs. So I think that's what's been going on. The other games, uh, Seattle, Minnesota. Seattle is uh, if you look at their second halves this year, just I don't think they've actually scored like more than like. They didn't score the second half against Minnesota. I'm pretty sure they didn't do much week two. Um, in who they play week two? Funhouse time. Week two wasn't it? Was that Tennessee or was that? I think it was Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. they played like craps week two against Tennessee, and they they didn't do much week one against the Colts. So whatever they're they're just they just go into coma mode, and uh, <laughs> it's scary for Seattle because how good the NFC West is. You know, they got San Francisco this Sunday and then a short week against the Rams. So that division's really tough. So Seattle's got to figure it out. Um, the, some of the other games, 
you know, we can talk about the Broncos down the road. You know, I, I'm actually a Bridgewater guy. I think we're all Bridgewater guys. If you if you like betting on teams that cover spread, Bridgewater covers spread. I mean, they've been gifted the schedule like <laughs> with the uh, with the Jets and the Giants' first two games. I mean, no no wonder why they're three and zero. But the, it gets a little more real against the Ravens. But then again, you know, the Ravens had to hang on for dear life and get the kick of a lifetime from Justin Tucker to beat Detroit. So still don't really know what to make out of the Ravens this year. Um, John mentioned that Raven or uh, the Raider dolphin game. It feels like, I don't think the Raiders are really three and Oh, I mean, obviously they are three and Oh, but the way that they've played these games, they're just kind of, they're wonky games. I feel like both Miami and Las Vegas play wonky games. And when you put them together, it's just wonky on top of, you know, Shern on top of Shern, wonky on top of wonky. And we've seen that two games in a row, the Christmas game last year, and then this game, which like did not see, did not want to end. I mean, the Raiders are up 25-14 with about eight minutes in, left in that game. you got to finish that game. Uh, I feel like uh, there was one point in that game in the first quarter, Gruden went for it on fourth and one from their own 30. And I feel like that was just like, it's like calling out car and company. Like, if you can't get this yard here, you guys suck. They didn't get it. Still ended up winning that game. Just a weird team. Weird game. Entertaining, but a weird game. Um, Rams, Bucks. If uh, you listened to last week's podcast, we called it. Dead. We called it. We were like, I feel like this is a game where the Rams are going to have their way with Tampa. And they basically did. Uh, I was also a fool that bet Tampa second half, but that's just impulse gambling. But my original prediction was in the gamble category of called it. So called it. <laughs> and then trying to think of some of the other games. I watched way too much of that Giants Falcons game. I had the Falcons. Um, why did I have the Falcons? Why, I mean, why the Giants are in no shape, way, or form? to be giving points to anybody. Um, so I just watched way too much of that game. And yeah, I was a little disappointed in the in the Patriots game. That was a classic, you know, growing pains moment for Matt Jones, James White's out for the year. The Saints have the great defense. They knew New England was just gonna try to do short passes and they were, you know, they ate those up. So all in all, the Decent, decent week three in the NFL. You had some clunkers. You had some entertaining games. The Sunday night game was really interesting. Thursday night game was really boring. You had some witching hours. And, uh, you know, we're starting to see narratives being built. You know, it's not like I don't really know much about football. Every year we just kind of build a foundation as the season progresses <laughs> to, to kind of diagnose yeah, I, I thank you for the rundown, Andy, and and both John, John, you too, you as well. I appreciate your comprehensive breakdown of what happened last week. Uh, so that really gives. There's not much for me to add to that. Let's go right to the picks as we go into week number three. No, week number four of the NFL, and tonight because John did so well to start, and let's go ahead and go to his picks first. And uh, John, let me know when you're ready, and then we'll, we'll ready for your picks to lead us off here on the contest. 
All right, Dave, we'll start off here. Um, Andy mentioned the uh, Giants and Falcons game, and I did also watch too much of that because I had the Falcons as well. Um, we're we're going to keep fading the Giants, and I'm going to take New Orleans minus seven and a half. Not a huge fan of laying, you know, over a touchdown in the NFL in general, but this is just a bad matchup, in my opinion, for the Giants. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. The Saints should be able to get pressure all day long, um, not to mention the Giants are going to be probably missing two of their top receivers with Shepard and Slayton are, are probably going to be out for this game. Um, and, and not only that, you're going to have uh, the Saints really, so they're going to be their first true home games. Remember, their first game um, of the year against Green Bay was uh, played in Jacksonville because of the hurricane. Um, you know, Winston has played well this year. He hasn't thrown for many yards, but he hasn't been making those horrible turnovers um, like we saw in Tampa Bay. He had the, uh, a couple rough outings or a couple rough plays in Carolina, but that is just, you know, uh, Carolina has a much improved defense this year. And it's a road game in the NFL. It's a, it's a tough situation, but he rebounded nicely last week. And clearly the Saints are going to try to win this year with their defense and their running game and, you know, kind of let Winston manage rest of it and i just this is just a, a bad bad matchup in my opinion for the, for the giants and not to you know on the offensive line on the defensive line not to mention the coaching like joe judge going up against sean payton like i know we give sean payton shit, but like come on like this guy has no chance much against sean payton so um i don't like the hook here but i mean it is what it is so we'll lay the seven and a half with the saints over the giants for game number one for game two um I had a couple options here, but ultimately I'm going to go with the Ravens. Uh, they're plus one in Denver. Um, you know, they've kind of skated by so far this year on their wins, um, especially last week when we, we talked about. But I think that was just kind of a huge letdown spot after their win against the Chiefs where they really played well, especially on offense. Um, and now they're going into Denver, who Andy kind of mentioned it. Like, look at their three wins. Like, yeah, they're 3-0, and but they beat the Jets, the Giants, and the Jaguars. Those are arguably the three worst teams in the NFL. And, you know, they did what they had to do. They won the games. They're 3-0. and But, again, like, how good are they? I, I don't think we would have said coming into the year that the, the Denver Broncos were going to be, like, a, you know, 10-12 to 12 win team. Like, I, I think they're kind of an average 7-9 to nine wins. Um, you know, and that's if they got good quarterback play. I mean, Drew Locke was just horrible last year. And obviously Bridgewater has been that kind of steady presence that he's been with other teams and he's, he's played great. But um, I think going, uh, they're a little bit a step up in class this week. And I think if the Broncos had played some better competition and maybe were like one and two, I think this line might be Baltimore minus two or minus three. So I think you're getting a really good uh, value here on the Ravens. I think, I think they're the better team overall. They do have some injury concerns that, that do worry it, but they've been able to piece it together so far. And again, they're very well coached. Um, and I just think uh, you're you're getting a little bit of value. The better team is not favorite uh, in, in this matchup. So I think great value on Baltimore. So we're going to go Ravens plus one. And then the first pick was Saints minus seven and a half for NFL. Dave, you there? <laughs> Dave, I think oh, again, look at me. Look at me. Um, sorry about that, everybody. But, uh, but yeah, John, I just wanted to say uh, your point about the Broncos is very interesting because they played some terrible teams to start the season. So I feel like this is the first big test. So good luck to your picks. That, that's a pretty interesting call. So, Andy, I'm ready for your picks when you are. Thanks. Well, first, uh, 
from the, the, the teaser department, uh, Green Bay, Tennessee, New Orleans. What could possibly go wrong? We'll find out in about 72 hours. <laughs> Add Kansas City onto that one, too. There's a fourth team for you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, game number one, uh, we're going to take Tennessee minus seven against the Jets. It's on the road. I don't get this line. I might get burnt from it, but Tennessee minus seven. I I feel like Tennessee should be giving more. Maybe it's minus seven because it's on the road, but what home field advantage do the Jets have at this point? Like who goes to a Jet game like with rah-rah on their mind at this point? It's like the three games the Jets have played have been so demoralizing. I just, I can't see them having any optimism, any positivity, all that stuff. Um, I know, I, I guess if you could have a weak point for Tennessee, it might be their defense. That could worry you, you know. The only thing that Wilson has really shown is that second half game against Carolina when he threw for, I think maybe a couple touchdown passes. But besides that, it's just been, uh, a lot of interceptions, a lot of bad throws. The offensive line can't protect them. The Jets defense isn't terrible. It's actually pretty good, but they've just had, uh, there's too much stress on that Jets defense when that offense can't stay on the field long enough. They can't move the chains and that defense is just has to take the field. They get set up in bad positions uh tennessee besides the that first game where they looked embarrassed against arizona chandler jones had five and a half set or five sacks or whatever they've they've kind of right that great fourth quarter against seattle and then they did what they had to do against the colts you know Tannehill threw a couple two two stupid interceptions again indianapolis you'll have to clean that up but i think you'll just see a lot of you know, ground and pound, Julio Jones, and just, uh, you know, I watched the Jets just to see how how bad Kyle Wilson looks. Big finger me all you want. But, um, yeah, I sometimes you, you can't turn your eyes away from the Jets and the Giants sometimes. And who's going to win the, the first game between those two? We'll find out. Uh, give me Tennessee minus seven, game number one. Game number two. We're going to go out to La La Land. We're going to take Cliff Kingsbury slash Ryan Gosling getting four and a half from the L.A. Rams. Just copying the theory, take Kingsbury as an underdog. Um, and yeah, obviously, Sean McVay does laps around Cliff Kingsbury. You all saw what Cliff Kingsbury did in the first half against Jacksonville. Um, sent them out for like a 68-yard field goal. Obviously, it was short. Jacksonville took it back for a touchdown. And Kingsbury is going to be the ultimate demise of this team at some point, but you're getting four and a half. Kyler Murray is uh, slowly just ascending to the next level. They've got weapons on offense. Um, I think Chandler Jones, he's due for a couple more sacks after that first game. Um, what we've seen from the Rams so far is, is really impressive. Um, Stafford and Cooper Cup are forming quite the chemistry. 
Um, I'm not sure what they're running. I think Sony Michelle is going to be their premier back at the moment. Their defense is obviously very good. This is just a scenario where, you know, it's the Rams have the Arizona game, Seattle game on the on the horizon. The end is very competitive. Four and a half. Kyler Murray is just uh, he could have a backdoor as we see Bobachet take the lead for Toronto. But they got this. Don't worry. Don't worry, Cap. Yankee Magic's coming up. <laughs> um, but oh yeah, give me give me Arizona plus four and a half. Uh, to co- uh, complement Tennessee minus seven week four in the NFL. All right, Andy, thank you very much for the picks. That's pretty good. Um, so um, let's go now to the uh, the remaining picks that are sent in via the text, and we're going to start with the picks from our friend Ron. In- oh, we're gonna- oh, I'm sorry, the card of this thing. I'm supposed to go next. Okay, so we'll go with the, the, the with my picks for week number four in the NFL. Let's do it. Okay. So I cobbled this together at the last second because uh, I was a clown with the work and everything. But uh, here's what I got. And I think I like I like the picks a lot. The first one I like a whole lot. The Cowboys are that team that the public rides very heavily. Now, I thought that they were going to have a letdown against the Eagles. As it turned out, the Eagles were absolute dog shit. So that did not apply to the normal, the normal nuances of a Cowboys season at home. So I, I guess you just had to wipe that one off. I was burnt on that one, but by then it didn't really matter because <laughs> the rest of my picks had gone uh, were just as bad. So it really made no difference <laughs> what that game did. But enough about me. The Cowboys played wonderfully. Their defense looked great. They really held uh, they held the Jalen Hurts in check. I mean, just a couple of big plays, nothing really more than that. I do think it's going to be different against Carolina. This team is good. Donald's having a very nice start to his season. And I think folks are going to start reading the press clippings about the Cowboys, both the fans and the players. They're going to come out flat. I guarantee you, whether they win or lose, they're going to come out flat. There's no question about it. It's going to be a tougher game for them than everybody thinks. And I think the Panthers are going to make it a close game. So we're going to go Panthers getting four and a half at the Cowboys in an early game. It's far from a primetime game, so the Cowboys will be nowhere, almost no energy to start the game going in. Just write it, write it down. I'm telling you. So Panthers plus four and a half, game number one. Game number two is a really strange line. And, and guys, I, I want to ask you about that after I'm done making the pick. But Washington is only giving a point at the Falcons. To me, that makes no sense. I don't understand. I don't really understand why there's such a... Like, why are they not giving like three or four or five in this game? Even if they're on the road. I'm a little surprised. So, I mean... Unless there's just something I don't know. Maybe there's an injury. Maybe Chase Young is hurt and I didn't know about it. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I'm going to just take the the value as it is. I'm going to go Washington giving one at the Falcons for game number two. So again, Panthers plus four and a half. And Washington minus one for week four. I I really don't know what's going on there. Like, uh, If I had to guess, it would be the odd makers don't have respect for Taylor Henneke, the backup <laughs> quarterback on the road, to be a favorite. But that's just my guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a good guess. I don't know. John, do you have an assessment on that? I mean, that's, that's interesting. That's a very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that in theory. Uh, I, absolutely. And plus, um, you know, everyone's going gaga for the Washington defense heading into the season. Well, if you look back on who they played last year to build up those great stats, I mean, they played literally a litany of shitty quarterbacks all year. And when they actually played real defenses, they got shredded. 
um, or real uh, offenses, I should say. And that's kind of what you've seen so far this year. So it was kind of a, a fluke for their defense. And um, yeah, I, I don't get that line either. I mean, I would have thought, um, I don't know. I would, I would have thought the Falcons would have been a slight favorite in that game, to be honest with you, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's an, it's wait, you said you thought the Falcons would be a favorite. Interesting. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't see. I mean, Taylor Heineke favored on the road. It's just kind of. Oh, I see. I see. So you're I, gonna... I don't get. It. It's kind of like when the Jags were favored week one. I mean, I know the Texans are a horrible team, but, but I mean, it's still a rookie quarterback and Urban Meyer favored in their first NFL game. It's the same kind of thing. I wouldn't. I don't know. I. I think it's fair. My, I'm probably not picking that game for anything, but going to my head, I'd probably go with Atlanta. That's another good tease. Tease Atlanta up to seven and a half. There you go. There's a sixth team on your. Your teaser, Andy. We're gonna have all sixteen games here by the end of the. <laughs> Ooh, Twitter's gonna be angry on Sunday. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a great idea because I definitely don't. Even at that, like I was saying, I was get, I was taking Washington here, but I don't think they're gonna win by more than like maybe five. So I, don't, I, I think that's a fair point. So let's go to the rest of the picks, and we will go to Ron's picks next. And here they are for you, fellas. Here we go. So Ron is going to take for number for game number one. I think he's a checker on a checker, isn't it? Yes, a checker on a checker with me. He's taking the he's taking the ooh I almost said Redskins. He's taking the football team, Washington minus one, in the game at the Falcons. So despite the idea that, and I don't disagree with John's idea that the Falcons should be favored in this game, and Washington hasn't really played that well to start at all, especially the defense like we were talking about. So, but with that said, I think that <laughs> Ron's going to also take the leap with me and we're going to go football team minus one. Game number two for Ron is going to be the Cleveland Browns giving two. And let me see who they're playing. I thought they were playing somebody good. Let me see. Yeah, they're playing Minnesota, who I don't know if they're good. Actually, that's interesting. So interesting call by Ron. So Washington minus one. Browns minus two. Week number four pretty good yeah i actually liked both of those picks those are pretty good let's now go to the guest picker and that would be mike in north jersey and mike has these picks for us for week four let's do it okay so for mike he's gonna take a couple picks Ooh, i think we've got some more checkers and checkers coming um but before we get to the checker on checker we go with a head-to-head pick mike is going to take andy head-on with the Clef Kingsbury theory, and he's going to side with the Rams, giving four and a half at the Cardinals. So a direct head-to-head conflict here. Uh, Mike will take the home team in this one, giving the four and a half. The Ravens, oh, he his second pick will be the Ravens plus one against Denver, I believe. So that's checker with John. So to repeat for Mike in North Jersey, it's Rams giving four and a half and Ravens getting one. It's a lot of agreement here. A lot of common picks, let's say, to start our, our, our contest tonight. Pretty interesting. And that wraps it up for the picks tonight. Let's go to the featured games. And there are a bunch of them. Let me let me pop in here and uh, run them down. So I mentioned the Cowboy game. I really do think this will be an interesting one. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't necessarily think either side is a lock to win the game. But I do think it's going to be a close game. So... To give four and a half 
I just don't I don't buy it. But but we'll see. I mean that's a good one. That's a good one to start the more start the day. Browns versus Vikings, same situation. Like I'm not really sure which team's gonna step up here. I mean the Vikings have shown signs. They really should have won another game there in Arizona. That that was a rough situation with the kicker uh, back in week two. Cardinals versus Rams. So you jump right ahead. Like there was nothing else in, at one o'clock. <laughs> Everything else is four o'clock and later. Cardinals versus Rams. Good divisional battle. I'm very curious about that one. I will be in the building for that game. First game at SoFi Stadium. Very exciting. Very well, first official game. And then you got Seahawks at 49ers at the same time on Fox. So it's funny that um, the doubleheader network really doesn't get much. They're going to get Ravens versus Broncos, and they also have the Steelers and the Packers. And I don't think either of them are necessarily the same eye candy that you have with the two NFC West games. Uh, but those are take, take, taking place at 425 Eastern on CBS. Um, my Sunday Night Football, I didn't put it on this list. That game. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> well, the Jack game. That's funny. Um, I didn't put it on the list, but I, I, I love. I do think that the uh, that's another teaser. Throw Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're minus seven. <laughs> nice. Oh, that'd be a big tease. That'd be like what thirteen? That'd be pretty. Yeah. Pretty. That'd be pretty serious. So Tampa Bay hosting the. No, sorry. It's Tampa Bay at the the Patriots in uh, Tom Brady's return to New England. We'll talk about that in a second. But I didn't put it in featured games because I didn't think the Patriots were, were good enough to make it. Andy, I'll give you a chance to, to rebut or agree with that. But then we close out with a pretty good game. I mean, we got the Raiders and the Chargers, classic rivalry, and both teams with a lot to play for here. Both of them off to great starts in the NFC West. That's Monday Night Football, 8 o'clock, 8.15 Eastern on ESPN. That's really great. So now I'm going to give it to you, you all to recap the uh, featured games this week. Certainly a lot of juice. Andy, you want to take that first? Yeah, without an X or an O's or anything like that. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, New England probably isn't that good this year. But Brady going back to New England, I think if he wants to go score earth, that could get ugly. Uh, he could have... 10 big fingers and 10 big toes. For big <laughs> and uh, the fact that the Patriots right now without James White, uh, it could be a long day for Mac Jones unless they really get creative and innovative. Um, they don't have Julian Edelman to do any wide receiver passes though. So it's, it could be interesting. You know, I'll pro- I'm going to take Tampa, but as you mentioned with the games, yeah, Nance and Tony are going to be in Green Bay, and Buck and Aikman have the weekend off. So the number two Fox broadcast team of Burkhart and Jonathan Vilma, they're doing the Giants in the Saints. I think next week, uh, Buck and Aikman are actually going to do Giants in Dallas because that'll be the Fox doubleheader week. And that's a 425 game start and it's Dallas. So that'll be funny. You know, here's Joe Buck doing a giants game. It's funny because arguably the NFC West games are the best, like they're up there, the best games of the week. Yep. Seattle, San Francisco, we get Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth and uh, Arizona LA Rams. We get Chris Myers and Daryl Johnson. Yikes. Just not, you know, it's not what I you don't want. <laughs> Fox announcing crew, top to bottom, 
pales with the CBS guys anyway. But I mean, I think Burkhart should have gotten like some of one of those NFC West games. But you know, some people you don't even have to listen to the announcers. But to, back to these actual games. I mean, if you like sport, if you like football, those two NFC West games are going to be very, very good. Uh, Browns and Vikings is is sneaky good. Um, I feel like that Browns Vikings game is going to be pretty high scoring. I don't think Minnesota has a very strong defense. I think, you know, as much as we make fun of the Browns, you can't argue that they are, you know, pretty talented. They, they run the ball. Baker so far has kind of been, you know, kind of like a neutered Baker, not doing anything too stupid. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Dave, you're right. The Vikings could be three and zero, but they're not. They're one and two. Um, and then yeah, Dave, I, I agree with you with Panthers Cowboys. I would probably take the Panthers. I'm impressed with Sam Darno. I, I we all like Matt Rule in college, and uh, for fantasy reasons, selfish reasons, I got Chubba Hubbard on a fantasy team. I drafted him for. Uh, you know, keeper potential, and he's going to be thrown into the fire now because McCaffrey's out for, I think, like a, at least a couple of weeks. So I'll be interested to see how Chubba Hubbard does with the uh, a full workload. And um, and I'm not a Raiders guy, but, you know, uh, that, that should be interesting. Um, that Charger-Raider game might be one of those, like, last man standing wins the game. Yeah, I'll show you one more thing, Andy, before I go to John. And here are the 506 maps. Uh, give me a second to bring this up. But um, you can see that Kansas City, Philadelphia is going to get the majority of coverage in the CBS early slot. And uh, I mean, I think it deserves it. But I, I just have no feel for how good the Eagles are. I feel like this could be a really it could be a ragged game. I think if we had a better idea how the Eagles were, like if we knew they were if they're garbage, probably would get Cleveland in that in that top spot. I just thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean you're gonna do that, like Steelers Green Bay because it's Rogers, it's the Packers, it's the Steelers. But honestly, I mean John, let me get, I'll go I'll go to you next for your thoughts about this week's action. But but certainly uh, the expectations are probably pretty low for <laughs> as far as the. Uh, as far as the Steelers are concerned, but you know, you never know. You know, like I said, maybe, maybe they, they'll start to rise. They're good as an underdog. Let's get your thoughts about what's happening this week, John. John. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Tomlin usually does his best when the no one is picking them, or it's, he's kind of using a an us against the world mentality. So, like I said before, they're Steelers. I mean, their defense is still good. I, I would say they're kind of a dangerous team heading into Green Bay. Um, Obviously, I think the Packers will pull it out in the end. I think they're, um, especially if their defense plays like they did on Sunday night, I think they'll, they'll be fine. But I, it'll be a tough game for sure. I'm not, you know, I think the tease angle is the way to go with this game. I think I could see like Green Bay by three or four. I think I think that's that's a good uh, a good way to approach it. But um, yeah, interesting week of games for sure. I mean, not the, you know, no like marquee matchups. I guess that like you, everyone's really. Um, excited for it. But again, like I said before, like the NFL, every game basically 
uh, in the first like eight weeks is is interesting for one way or another. And um, those two NFC West games will be will be excellent. Not sure what to make of the Cardinals Rams game I and mean, the Rams coming off that huge win over over the Bucks. That they're going to be kind of a letdown. Um, you would think not because this is a division game, but I mean that was just such a huge win and kind of a you know uh, Stafford just making his presence known and that he's arriving basically and um, you know uh, and the Cardinals off to a three and zero start. I mean they easily could have lost the Vikings game obviously, but um, you know they're they're playing great so far this year. So we'll see if Cliff can match wits with McVay for, for this, for this game. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but um, should be pretty high scoring. I would, I would agree with that. Um, I guess it really comes down to, in my opinion, if, if the Rams are going to kind of start sluggish or again, have like a little bit of a letdown after that win over Tampa Bay. And then the other game there, the NFC West matchup with Seattle and San Francisco, I, you know, I was reading something crazy that Seattle's like basically dominated the series in the last uh, um, handful of years. Basically, San Fran's only got like one win in like the last five years or something like that. Um, and it's just a good buy low spot on Seattle coming off of two losses. Um, you know, the Tennessee game was obviously very disappointing since they had a lead at halftime and then heading into the fourth quarter really was a pretty big lead. And then last week, their defense just couldn't do anything um, against Minnesota and Again, I think they, they had an early lead in that one. But, again, division game, like anything can happen. I'm seeing Seattle plus three right now. I, I definitely would kind of lean towards that if I was going to be picking picking this game. Um, so uh, those will be two interesting games to watch. And then in the in the early window, um, yeah, nothing really great for here. The Panthers and Cowboys is a pretty, pretty good matchup. Uh, the Panthers are a team that's been kind of, again, we talked about the Broncos kind of having a – easy start to this schedule um and the panthers played the texans without tyrod taylor they played the jets and then they got the saints at home coming off of that huge green bay win and their defense dominated so are they really as good as you know one of the elite teams in the league at three and oh i don't know we'll see um you know dallas certainly has looked pretty good so far i mean did they just i mean that wasn't even close on monday night i mean and Dave, you asked the question, like, what do we know about the Eagles? I think the, the week one win, like, clouded our perception of the Eagles, that they're actually a good team when they beat the Falcons. The Eagles are horrible. What is this guy, Nick Sirianni, doing? Like, they think they had two runs to the running back in the entire game. Like, but you just can't you can't win in the NFL <laughs> having two runs from your run, like two handoffs the entire game. It's not like they were down 40 points from the start of the game. I just – I just don't understand the strategy. And the two runs, Sanders like had a 15-yard run to, to on one of them. I, I just I don't I don't get it. Um, but anyway, uh, that's a game the Chiefs should. Win. If the Chiefs can't blow off that Eagles team, there's something really really wrong with the Chiefs. I know their defense is bad, but they, they should win that game, you know, by by 10 points. But um, yeah, the the other matchups there. I mean, we t- I talked about the Saints and the Giants. Um, yeah, Browns Vikings is really interesting. I mean, Minnesota is one and two, um, but they easily could be three and zero. I remember they lost in overtime to the Bengals. They lost uh, on the they missed the field goal against Arizona, and then obviously they they beat Seattle last week. So they could be a three and zero team. And uh, the Browns, you know, they have all the um, you know their people were being picking them at the beginning of the season, and they've played well so far to start the year. Um, they they almost beat the Chiefs, then they uh, they beat. Uh, 
they beat the the Browns. I'm sorry, they beat the Texans, and then they uh, blew out the Bears last week. So they've they've done what they had to do so far. So that's that's a very even matchup. Not sure where to go with with that one. So um, yeah, some very competitive games this week. So it'll be a good uh, it'll be a good day for the NFL Red Zone Channel. That's for sure. And Dave, you didn't put the Thursday night game on your feature featured list we have the jags and the bengals tomorrow night <laughs> should be a <laughs> well there, that's actually right you're right there. That, you're totally uh, right about that buck and aikman are, are spending their time this week with the jags and <laughs> bengals yeah but wow. they're gonna okay. did you guys I mean, know hey, that you, know you guys this know that clemson and lsu NFL play? Network only state. you were saying andy <laughs> i was saying there i said did you do you guys know that joe burrow and trevor lawrence played in college yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but um, yeah, this is so you know you guys have noticed like this is the last of the NFL Network only matchups. So there's been like the shit Thursday night matchups for the first three of the NFL only. Yeah, and then next week we start getting into some good ones. I think it's Rams and Seahawks next week. So you know, that'll that. be so much more entertaining Thursday night action. But, hey, you know what? I will watch Jags and Bengals over Miami and Virginia tomorrow night. That's for sure. I, I just cannot stand the ACC. Just get it off my television. That's rough. You're right. Gosh, so that's a good segue actually to our, our NCAA recap. So let's go. Let's get right to it. I mean, seriously, um, what do you even say about the ACC these days? I mean. It's absolutely dreadful. I, Clemson kind of said it all when they were going, where they were getting kicked. Or, you know, they were getting, they were kind of playing footy, like, you know, right? They were playing like foots, footy, foot, footsies or, or feetsies with uh, with NC State, and they lost. They lost in double overtime. And that's the best team, quote unquote, that they have. North Carolina can't get out of their own way. It's just, a, it's, and Miami, I think you, you mentioned it already, John. Like, they, they've just been a massive disappointment. So, um, uh, John, you want to pick it up from there and just tell us about what happened last week in college football? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Dave, put one of those scoreboards up on the screen again. I need I need to refresh my memory. Yeah, sure thing. The top twenty five games. But while you're doing that, let's. I'm gonna mention. I saw something yesterday on Twitter that the AAC is going to add two new schools potentially as soon as next week, and those schools are going to be Colorado State and Air Force. Like what what the hell is the point of adding those two schools to the AAC? I just do not understand that whatsoever. Like they, they don't add anything in terms of like uh, elevating you know the conference in terms of, of football. I mean, I guess you could say Denver's the, their media market. Like I just do not understand that whatsoever. Like you just lost three of the best your best programs, three of the best group of five teams, and your response to that is you're going to add Colorado State and Air Force. Like. like I'm so glad UConn left that conference. That's just a joke. If I was the AAC commissioner, I would make a call to Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, and UTSA. Done. Like, those are three up-and-coming teams. You got the San Antonio market in Texas, and those two other programs are, are Myrtle Beach. You can't beat that. And two up-and-coming, uh, you know, or, or really good group of five programs. I can't cannot believe if they're going to add Colorado State and Air Force to the AAC. That's just ridiculous but anyway i digress um so let's talk about last week yeah the acc is just a complete joke like who's going to win the league this year is it going to be it could be boston college it could be wake forest it could be nc state like spin a wheel because one of these teams are going to be in a 
big bowl on January 1st or whatever it is because the Clemson offense is just completely inept. Um, I mean, they only scored 21 because they got to overtime. Uh, they had what scored what 14 or 14 the in, in regulation. They just they they can't move the ball. They, the quarterback has not been as good as they had hoped. Uh, DJ um, and, and they're just it's just a broken offense. And their defense is still pretty good, so we'll we'll give them that. But um, they're not making the college football playoff, obviously. And who knows for the rest of the conference? Again, like you could literally see like Wake Forest or BC or NC State winning winning league. So I guess that's kind of good for. Um, you know, some new teams are getting in the mix this year, but you got to take one of them for a, a big bowl game. And it's just going to be kind of uh, kind of ugly there in uh, in uh, early January. But you know, the, we talked about how there could be more chaos this year, and kind of um, you know we're we're proving the point each week, which you, you got to love. I mean, Oklahoma barely survives West Virginia. You got to feel they might be taking a loss soon. Um, you know, they they lose to Kansas State it's seemingly almost every year, and they're playing them this week on the road in Manhattan looking ahead to the Texas game and Texas is, they did have that loss against Arkansas. Um, but Arkansas has looked pretty good. So that's not as bad as a loss as you would, you would maybe have thought a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, uh, you know, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, they play a three point game every year. Like someone's kicking a field goal to win that game. Um, <laughs> so you could easily see Oklahoma losing that. Um, and then you had, uh, yeah, Arkansas beating Texas A&M and they, A&M was a team that people thought, could have challenged in the SEC, and now it's kind of Arkansas taking that um, flipping roles there, uh, and now they might be the challenger. But obviously, they have a huge game against Georgia. We'll see what they're really made of um, this Saturday. I, I tend to think the Georgia defense is going to do what they always do, and, and you know, come up big in that. But um, you know, what a great turnaround from two years ago when Arkansas was just a complete laughing stock, and now here they are, like they're going to be they're in the top ten. Uh, it just was incredible job by yeah. Sam Pittman and, and the rest of his his staff to get them turned around so quickly. Um, you know, Iowa continues to just, you know, grind out wins, and it's just not pretty, but they have no explosiveness on offense, but they just use their defense. They move the change. Like I two weeks ago um, when I was in Las Vegas, you know, it was they were playing uh, – not Colorado. They played Colorado State this past week. The team they were playing – I think it was Kent State. Yeah, they were playing Kent State. And they had like a 17 play, 99 yard drive. That's like that's like pure sex to Kirk Ferentz. That kind of drive, like that's what he that's what he loves. That guy. And that's how they play. And I could easily see them losing at Maryland on Friday night. I think you know Maryland is a very much a live dog in that game. Um, so I think they're only given three and a half. And then you had the other big game of the weekend was that Notre Dame Wisconsin game. And talk about a quarterback that needs to be benched. Why the hell are they still playing Graham Mertz? I I just don't understand it. The, he, I feel bad for the kid. He had he had an unbelievable first game in his first start ever last year against Illinois. I think he had like five or six touchdowns. And then he got COVID, and then he has not been the same since. I mean, they could have easily won that game. They were like almost, I would say, dominating it heading into the fourth quarter. And then kickoff return, pick six, pick six. Like Notre Dame won the game 41-13, to 13, and you look at the stats, and there's no way like they would score 41 points with those stats. So – uh, with Wisconsin, just they need to they need to bench him. I don't know who else they had. It's just a disaster. And then, you know, may get big fingers, but I don't. Notre Dame is not that good. Like we're we're going to be on Cincinnati <laughs> this week for sure. So, um, you know, I, I you know they they do they've been doing what they had to do to win the games, and they've been been opportunistic with their defense. So we'll give them credit for winning the games. But from just a pure number standpoint, 
I do not think they're a top 10 team. And I think um, Cincinnati, you know, we're, we've been on them. We like seeing a uh, group of five teams being the mix here. And um, you can just tell by the line, they're favored at Notre Dame by two points. So uh, I think that's where we're going to have to put our action on Saturday. I'm not going to be an unofficial pick, but um, and I'm sure you're going to get to that in a little bit, but the preview of the game's coming up. But that's uh, that's kind of where I, I would be leaning for that matchup. Love it, John. Um, it's, I, yeah, I mean, but, but it's interesting also because Cincinnati also looked like kind of week two, the week before when they were playing Indiana. So you're like, oh, man, this team doesn't look as good as everybody said either. But I think of the two, I probably do trust Cincinnati more right now. Because, man, yeah. Wisconsin was yeah. garbage. Andy, yeah. Go, yeah, I'll give it to you for your thoughts, too. Yeah, I mean, if I – I probably lost, like, two years of my life just being so angry <laughs> watching Notre Dame games this year. But that's that's fine. That's – that's this is a life we choose. And uh, I'm still pissed off at that Purdue game. I'm like, I've got flashbacks to the Toledo game. Big finger time, but I mean, I guess we just have to accept that Notre Dame is just going to be this crummy eyesore that just doesn't get out of the way, and they have to be in the picture until they just look like absolute fools. It's almost like a few years ago when uh, it's a little different, but kind of similar when like you knew Oklahoma was going to advance but then Oklahoma was just gonna get their doors blown off in a big game because they give up like 55 points or whatever Notre Dame plays totally different than Oklahoma but they're just so crummy in that independent schedule of theirs and the the fact that they've won they've stolen two victories in September keeps them in this national picture and I cannot wait so they lose, and I hope it's in a couple days against Cincinnati. I will be rooting so hard for Cincinnati. Um, big game for Fickle, and uh, we'll be tweeting the angry Brian Kelly face a couple times on Saturday. But going back to last week, there was some entertainment. I had a good feeling about Arkansas. You know, Texas A&M had that backup quarterback that doesn't do much, and Arkansas kind of dominated that game. Their starting quarterback, who's basically like Cam Newton 2.0, he got hurt. I'm not sure what his status is against Georgia, but I still kind of like Arkansas this weekend against Georgia getting a ton of points. I'm just going to ride Arkansas until, you know, that train kind of collapses. Uh, Pittman's got some good mojo going. And in college, you, you just ride that mojo till it, it falls off. Um, under the radar game that has nothing to do with national implications, but the, uh, Texas San Antonio Roadrunners versus Memphis Tigers was very entertaining. Um, the Roadrunners came back and won that game. They were down like 21-7 at halftime, but that was an entertaining game. Uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma, John mentioned Oklahoma. Oh, something's rotten in Oklahoma. I'll be prob- I'll be taking Kansas State this week. Uh, something's rotten in Oklahoma. I don't. I'm not sure what it is. West Virginia probably should have won that game outright. Uh, the coach was kind of juggling quarterbacks in the second half. Not sure why. Uh, that game, you know, they were booing Rattler, all the the Sumer fans down in Norman. Um, that was a game that 
wasn't pretty to watch. It was Fowler. It was Herb Street. And I couldn't take my eyes off it, though. Um, locally, uh, for the tri-state area folks, good, you know, like, hey, you did it. You hung in there. Uh, shout out to Rutgers. You probably could have won that game outright. I'm not sure what Shiano was doing on that fourth down play in the first half when the quarterback pretended to have miscommunication. But you hung in there and you covered, most importantly. Um, good job, Rutgers. Let's see what you guys can do against Ohio State this weekend. Um, I'm not sure what to make out of Texas. Took them. Uh, they killed Texas Tech. Maybe Arkansas is just that good. We'll have to keep an eye on Texas moving forward. Um, trying to think of some of these other games. Yeah, Dave, you're, when we were talking about USC last week, I totally forgot Jackson Dart got hurt. So we had to – the Clovis experience on Saturday was a disaster. Um, great win for Oregon State Beavers. Um, now they're giving two against Washington. The line opened up Washington minus four. Now it's Oregon State minus two. I got it at Oregon State plus two a couple of days ago. So we'll see what happens uh, this weekend. But, Dave, that's a bad loss by your U.S. Yeah, getting close. I know. Like, that game was home, too. That game was home. I'm not sure what happened. It just, you know, it, it was like, oh, USC is letting Oregon State hang around. Next thing you know, Oregon State's up by, like, 14. Uh, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, that UCLA-Stanford game was – you know, Shaw made a comeback in the second half. They, I think they tied the game. And then the next, t the next series, next draft, UCLA had the ball. First play, UCLA's like deep in Stanford territory. Um, Oregon and Arizona, that was Pac uh, the Pac-12 after dark game. Or Oregon was up like 14-0, like literally like two minutes into the game. Maybe 10-0, they got stalled. But they they didn't cover. Um but that's a big game this weekend, Oregon-Stanford. Uh, Disruptor. Disruptor. I'll pro that, that line's weird. I don't know who to take yet. Shaw is getting eight. And we know what Cristobal is all about in the second half. He gets a little tight. But I'm not really sure where to go yet. And then uh, Arizona State kicked butt against Colorado. Um, I actually took that game based on, like, Checker tweeted that uh, the transit of property scenario, Minnesota beating Colorado by a ton and then Minnesota losing to Bowling Green. And John's like, bet the house on Arizona State. So I'm like, yep, I'm on board with that. So uh, shout out to John for that tweet. Um, yeah, it was a entertaining day. Uh, Florida State lost again. Um, trying to think what happened on that Friday night. Let's just scroll up a bit. Uh, we mentioned, uh, did you mention the Minnesota game yet? Yeah. In passing, they, you know, PJ Fleck that the, the, I'm borrowing this joke off Twitter. There's a, there's a leak in PJ Fleck's boat. It's, <laughs> it's they might've just shot their load that first game against Ohio state, but, um, Huge letdown game for Fresno State. They ended up winning, but UNLV plus 31 on Friday was good. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to piggyback on how crummy the ACC is, because um, uh, going back to that college preview you guys did last month, like when you guys were like, well, if Clemson fails, you know, who's going to ascend? Is it going to be Miami? Is it going to be North Carolina? 
it's going to be Virginia Tech. Well, like, no, no, and no. USC has two losses now. I'm not sure. I didn't watch any of that game against Georgia Tech, but they got two losses. Like, that was probably like an LOL Mac Brown type of game that Texas was getting sick of. Miami, although their two losses are out of the conference, um, but I think the Eric King is out for some time. And then uh, Virginia Tech, uh, they – can't really trust them i know they they beat north carolina but then they looked like garbage against west virginia and um jury's still out on virginia tech but someone's gonna that orange bowl there's gonna be some team out of the acc remember a couple years ago it was the florida virginia orange bowl um i think virginia was like eight and four um that could be one of those instances this holiday season someone's got to come out of that ACC and they have that relationship with the Orange Bowl maybe it'd be a Notre Dame ACC Orange Bowl give me that but we'll see it was a it was a fun Saturday and we're looking forward to this Saturday do it all over again Groundhog Day yep yep and I will admit that this time around we're going to have some we're going to have some more marquee matchups as opposed to last week where I feel like they came out of the you know they kind of came out of the ground. So let me show you what uh, we have as far as the featured games this week in college football. Yeah, we got a bunch of good ones. Take a look at this. So we start with Arkansas versus Georgia at noon. That's probably my favorite. Well, no, actually both of these are my favorite matchups. Like actually all three of these are my favorite matchups. They're all pretty good. Like I mean, they're all Ar- your babies. Ar- I know, seriously. Number 8 Arkansas versus number 2 Georgia at noon at ESP on ESPN. Number 7 Cincinnati versus number 9 Notre Dame at 2:30 Eastern on NBC. You all talked about that. And then number 12 Ole Miss against number one Alabama in Tuscaloosa at 3.30 on CBS. And Andy, I'm very interested to see what you think of that. Bama's, and I guess you would say slow to start the season. I mean, not not as dominant as you would expect. Number 21 Baylor versus number 19 Oklahoma State at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. The ABC Saturday Night Football game is Indiana at number four is Penn State. And Arizona State-UCLA, sneaky good. I will be in the building for that too. Yeah, that's on FS1 at 10:30. I'm actually kind of interested in that one. I wonder who wins. You know, I... oh, you got a good you got a good weekend coming up, Dave. Oh yeah, I, yeah, you know, no doubt. I I I love it. Like two games in the building, they're good games too. Like yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be fun. So, um, uh, let's go to John. Let's get your thoughts on this week's action. I mean, definitely a lot to a lot to unpack, John. What what do you think of all these games? Yeah, great schedule. I mean, uh plop yourself on the couch from noon to midnight and you get to get to see everything from uh, Bama and uh, Arkansas, Georgia, all the way to that UCLA, uh, Arizona state game. But um, yeah, the sec games are are kind of the, you know, are going to be a shakeup unless if one of those two team road teams ends up winning either Arkansas or Ole Miss, otherwise it's kind of going to be the status quo with Georgia and Bama on a collision course. Um, Bama definitely has not been as impressive uh, as would say previous years. I mean, the, the Miami game was very impressive, but I think we've come to find out that Miami just isn't that great of a team. Um, you know, Bama kind of showed, showed some holes against Florida, their defense especially. And really, uh, Bryce Young has just been kind of – he's been okay. Like, I wouldn't say he's been amazing. He's been doing a lot of kind of checkdowns and, and whatnot. Um, but, you know, the the Bama, there's obviously they're still super talented and – um, you know, their defense, like it did show some holes against Florida. And, you know, Lane Kiffin was watching that game, trying to scheme up uh, something to take 
the advantage. If you remember the game between these two teams last season, it was just an all out. It was like an arena football game. It was, I have to go check. I think each team scored at least 50 points. It was just unbelievable. It's going back and forth up and down the field. Um, and you would say that Matt Corral is probably even better this year than he was last year. And their offense is just, just tremendous and their defense has improved. So um, they're throwing out a spread at you at 14 and a half. It's hard not to take Ole Miss with, with that hook. Um, and then the over-under is just an insane 80 points. I don't think I've ever seen an over-under that high, especially like in an SEC game. I know that Bama LSU game a few years ago was, was pretty high. I don't think it was 80. That's for sure. So that, that's, that's going to be um, a very interesting game to watch. And then uh, the Arkansas-Georgia game, you know, we just talked about how Arkansas is on this amazing run and Pittman's doing such a good job there. And, um, you know, it's kind of, they're kind of going into the uh, immovable object, the Georgia defense. I think they've only given up one touchdown all year and they're just, uh, just destroying teams uh, at the moment. So, I mean, obviously Vanderbilt's not, I don't know if they would even qualify as an FBS team at this point, but, um, you know, there are other games they just haven't, haven't really given up much of anything. Um, so we'll see if they can keep, keep that going. Uh, the spread's high in that one too. I mean, 18 does seem like a lot, but if, if you know, if they, Georgia's defense holds Arkansas to say 10 points, I mean, you got to figure they'd be able to score enough to cover that. Um, so I, I'd probably be staying away from that one. Uh, we did talk about Cincinnati and Notre Dame. I do agree with you. Dave, Cincinnati was not that impressive against Indiana, at least in the first half anyway. They, they were just very sluggish. Their defense didn't play well. Um, I watched all that game um, at the sports book. Um, but, you know, a, a great comeback in the second half. They really got things figured out. And um, I think maybe they had some nerves heading into that game. I don't know. Because it was kind of like one of those things that like they had to win the game to stay in national title contention. So maybe a similar thing here. They're just kind of tight to start. And then maybe open things up after that. But um, I, I, I would – Definitely on Cincinnati for this matchup, uh, based on what I've seen so far. Um, Baylor, Oklahoma State, you have on there. That's a tough game for me to get a read on. Two teams that I really haven't seen that much of. I mean, I, that Boise State, Oklahoma State game, I know was a, a huge shit show just from what I was reading on Twitter with the referees. Um, I, I was oh, at better. the UNLV. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can tell. I was at the UNLV Iowa State game when that was going on. So I don't really have a, a, a frame of reference for that. But I, I did bet Tulsa against Oklahoma State in week two. I think they're getting 14 and they almost won. I mean, Oklahoma State hasn't been impressive on offense anyway. I mean, their defense has been kind of carrying them. Um, Baylor had that upset win against Iowa State last week. So that was good for them. The two teams, I, I really, I have to, I'll have to watch this game just to kind of see what's going on with either of these teams. I won't make a pick or a bet on this one. Um, you know, Indiana and Penn State you have on there. Again, a lot of these teams in the top 10, like you could easily see them losing at any point. Like Iowa, you could see going down. Penn State, we talked about Oklahoma already. Um, I mean, do we really trust Oregon to run the table? I I certainly don't. Like there could be some huge shakeups here between now and, and Thanksgiving. So this is going to be a great season. Like, all right, you got Bama and Georgia, but after that, everything is up for grabs here. Um, I mean, I, you would think Penn State is probably going to win this game, but I see the spread is 12. It feels like a little bit too much for me. I mean, Indiana has a pretty good defense. And really, Penn State, who have they played so far this year? Like, all right, they played, like, Ball State. They played Villanova. Um, they played uh, Auburn on that, that home game on that Saturday night. But, again, like, Auburn hadn't played anybody before that. So, I think Penn State might be a little bit overranked. So, I might go with Indiana in that one. Um, and then you have the that nightcap, UCLA, Arizona State. 
not sure really what to make make of that one. Uh, I do like both teams, so I think it's just kind of a game to sit back and watch. I mean, um, we did have Arizona State against um, Colorado last week. That was a that was a good pick for sure. Um, and UCLA get back on, get back on track against Stanford. But again, like I'm I'm not really sure about this game. I think this was I have a, I actually have uh, two my two of my picks this week are both the other late games that night. So uh, we'll be more into those other ones for wagers, and we'll just be watching this one. But um, I will mention we we were talking about Minnesota earlier. Like talk about the fishy line of the week. So Minnesota just loses at a, as a 31 point favorite. Uh, at home to Bowling Green, and now they're on the road at Purdue, and Purdue's minus two. Like that's just screaming to me to just bet everything on Minnesota because that you're, they're just begging you to take Purdue. Um, so I might have to be on, on Minnesota with that with that spread. Um, not going to be an official pick, but that's just kind of one I wanted to throw out there. And then your underrated mid-major game of the week that I'm looking forward to watching: Liberty at UAB. Now that's going to be a good matchup. This is UAB's first game in their new stadium uh they've been on the road the, the first month or they had a neutral site game and they've been on the road for three weeks and now they're home against liberty and if you followed uab recently they cannot play against power five teams every time they go up against a power five team whether it be georgia or tennessee or miami they just get crushed but then they go against these group of five teams and they're the ones that are like the dominant team so i'm seeing uab minus three right now i think that's a that's another play that that has to be put in uh, in my opinion. So uh, those are just a couple other games I wanted to mention. But, yeah, another full Saturday of college football. And, you know, we always say it, the season goes by so fast, so you got to enjoy every single one of them. And, um, you know, it should be some interesting interesting games for sure this weekend. Yeah, I love all those calls. And I think it's interesting that you're basically pointing at you're, – you're pointing out a lot of potential traps. And I think the UAB game is a good example. The Minnesota game is a great example. That's a great example. I'm surprised you don't have it in fix. I thought you might because I know your anti-Brom scenario might have played into it. No? All right. Well, let's go to the picks then. And we have uh, – we will start – oh, John, we're going to go right to you. Okay, so, so John, uh, let's get your picks for, for week number five in college football. All right, Dave. Uh, so I said my two picks were some of the later games of the night. So you have to wait for you have to wait up a while for these. So this right. is, I think this will be the first time ever on this show that someone will be actually picking this team and not against this team. I'm going to take New Mexico State. They're getting 27 and a half points, and this is just a complete pick against San Jose State. Now San Jose State coming into the year, we did our preview. You know, we said, oh, the they're going to be a, a great offense with Nick Starkle played amazing last year. He's going to be, you know fifth year senior they're gonna have a great team well their offense this year has been nothing short absolutely dreadful uh they scored seven points against usc and we know how that looks now after what some teams have been doing usc recently uh they just scored three points on western michigan who has one of the worst defenses in the map they gave up over like 40 points and 600 yards to pittsburgh and then they only score 17 uh, at hawaii if you look at their advanced statistics, their advanced metrics, and this is like I've been nerding out on this kind of stuff lately, but every single metric, they're over like 115 in success rate, explosiveness, uh, havoc allowed, line yards, uh, stuff rate, all this stuff is what measures like the, how an offense um, is successful and efficient. And they're just horrible in everything. So I, I don't see how a team that can barely score 
is going to lay 27 and a half. I'd rather have this 28, obviously, but 27 and a half points. Now, I'm not saying New Mexico State's a good team by any means. They're one of the worst teams in, in college football. But they haven't been as bad as we had fought coming into the season. They had that horrible game against UTEP in week zero. But after that, they've actually covered a couple spread. They played okay against San Diego, San Diego State. They only lost 28 to 10. They covered against New Mexico, getting 20 points. They only lost by nine. And then last week, they were getting 17 against Hawaii. They lost by 20. But there was a garbage touchdown late in there. So I'm not saying they're going to win this game. But if San Jose State, I don't see them being able to, say, give, give New Mexico State 10 points. Like San Jose State's got to score 38 to cover this spread. And I just don't see it. So maybe I'm completely misreading, um, you know, how good or bad, rather, New Mexico State is. But I just see it as just way too many points. So give me New Mexico State um, plus 27 and a half for the first game. So, and then for the second game, and Andy had mentioned this one, uh, I'm going to take Oregon State. So I do wish I had got that early line with the plus two and a half. But unfortunately, uh, that is flipped. And now they're minus, uh, yeah, minus two and a half against Washington. And, um, you know, we talked about them possibly being an improved team heading into this year. And that certainly has come to pass. They did lose their opening game against um, Purdue. But since then, they've played, they've played really well, especially their offense. And um, their, their run game, I think, was just ran over USC last week. And I can see the same thing happening here against Washington. And again, I'm going to go back to the um, advanced metrics here. And uh, uh, Washington does not grade out well in three categories, line yards, power success rate, and stuff rate, which means their defensive line is inadequate. And going up against this Oregon State rushing attack is not going to be uh, a, good, uh, a good day for them. Um, Washington has got back on track after the first two rough performances. But look who they played. They played Arkansas State, and they played Cal. Um, not exactly the greatest competition. Um, you know, and now here they are going on the road. I think that the money has flipped this into where the, the bet should be here. So uh, we're going to go Oregon State minus two and a half. So our picks, we're going to go with New Mexico State getting the boatload of points plus 27 and a half. And we'll go Oregon State minus two and a half for our picks for college football week number five. Thanks for the picks, John. And good luck, of course. Uh, let's now go to Andy and let's get your picks for week five in college football. <clears throat> All right, well, yeah, well, first, Tommy Style, um, I'll definitely take Minnesota. I hate Jeff Brom, and I'm still, like, angry about that Notre Dame game. I think the Ole Miss, um, I think Ole Miss is going to cover. I think this is, like, not quite the peak for Lane Kiffin, but he's got like, a so-called NFL prospect at quarterback, and he probably wants to stick it to Saban. I think that game has the potential to be really close because what we've seen from Alabama's defense hasn't been all that great, especially that Florida game. Really can't go much of what they did last week or against Miami. But I think that game will be pretty entertaining. Uh, not quite a bonus pick. I'm just, you said you wanted my thoughts. That's my thought on the game. Um, but the actual picks, um, yeah, let's do the picks. I wrote a bunch just in case they're a checker on a checker. And I like these all. So I don't, I do actually like these a lot. I'll bet on them, obviously. But uh, game number one, we're going to take Louisiana Tech plus 20 and a half versus NC State. NC State coming off that big game against Clemson. 
I didn't really watch a snap of it because I hate the ACC. But um, I've seen a little bit at La Tech this year. Um, you know, Skip Holtz, he's like like a werewolf, like half Mongo, half good coach. They lost uh, they lost a game to SMU at a, a Hail Mary. Their offense is really good. Their defense lack. Their defense is lacking. I get La Tech and SMU confused because they kind of play similar styles. Um, but I, I think La Tech getting 20 and a half. Why? Uh, NC State naturally might have a letdown situation. 20 and a half is a lot of points. We know the one good thing that Louisiana Tech can do year in and year out is move the ball downfield. I'm not really sure how good North Carolina State or defense is, to be honest with you, because we know Clemson's offense is so bad. So um, that is just my hard-hitting analysis for game number one, Louisiana Tech getting 20 and a half. And then game number two, oh, about Oklahoma State, they have won, they have covered two games in a row despite not scoring a single point in the second half. What? Um, yeah, that's a true story. Either uh, Kelly in Vegas or Stuky tweeted that, and I just, I was a sponge and I soaked that up. I don't think that's going to happen in the third week in a row. I'm going to take Kansas State getting 10 and a half against uh, Oklahoma State. Now I'm taking Kansas State getting 10 and a half because, like John mentioned, I don't, I really don't think Oklahoma State's that good. They, you know. They let Tulsa hang around. They should have lost to Boise State. And uh, that can't, the, the game last week, who did Oklahoma State play last week? I, you gotta, I forget. No, I'm sorry, fuck, I'm sorry. Kansas State is getting 10 out from the other Oklahoma team, the Oklahoma Sooners. I was gonna say, I thought oh, Baylor was yeah. in Oklahoma State. <laughs> yeah, my bad, but I, yeah, no I'm taking Kansas. I'm taking Kansas State. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm still bitter about the Kansas State Oklahoma State game <laughs> last week, but uh, I'm taking Kansas State this week again against Oklahoma because I don't think Oklahoma is something's rotten in Oklahoma. Like I mentioned when you, we were breaking down last week, they try to they try to score a touchdown every play. You know, they got to kind of scale back the playbook. Spencer Rattler is getting booed. He's gone from Heisman hopeful. His own fan base is angry at him. Um, Lincoln Riley is a great coach, but they need to kind of redo things because they have not looked impressive. Kansas State, uh, what do I know about Kansas State? Uh, not not much. I know Bruce Snyder's not there anymore, but they still kind of play like Bruce Snyder's still there. Uh, they don't make mental mistakes. Their offense is pretty methodical. It's not very explosive, but uh, more times than not, they kind of, uh, they like to kind of have the possession, control ball possession, uh, manageable third downs. Like I said, they don't, they don't score. They don't move in chunks. You know, they, they like third and three. Um, they'll probably have to settle for some field goals, keep Oklahoma off the field. Uh, and like I said, until Oklahoma looks like Oklahoma and wins a game, you know, they look bad against Nebraska. And look how bad Nebraska's looked in some of these other games. Um, you know, I'm rambling now. Give me Kansas State getting 10 and a half in the first game. La Tech plus 20 and a half. 
two underdogs in the week five of the college pigskin. I love it, Andy. Good luck, and, and thanks for the picks, of course. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a... I like Hawaii, too. Oh, nice. Okay. I okay. Fresno. That'll be one of those. John will be, uh, he'll be betting on that too. It'll be one of those Hail Mary games. 11 p.m. start. (laughs) (laughs) Salvage games. Love it. I love it. So uh, good luck, everyone. Now let's go to, is it my turn? Yeah, I think it is. I'm going to be trying to find a stream for New Mexico State and San Jose State. Apparently (laughs) it's not on any television station. I'm looking at stuff. So that'll be an online streaming game for me, apparently, at at about midnight, trying to watch that game. So we'll, um, We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll struggle with that. I'll just mention quickly. So I'm doing this this pool this year um, where it's it's an SEC survivor pool. Andy would have liked this. So you have to pick. There's 14 weeks and there's 14 SEC teams. So obviously you have to take a different team every single week. And um, obviously the easy pick this week is to go with Vanderbilt playing UConn. But, like, Vanderbilt is so terrible, and UConn has actually improved since they fired Ed. So they almost yep. beat Wyoming last week. So I'm considering not going with Vanderbilt this week and going with either South Carolina playing Troy or um, uh, Texas A&M playing uh, Miss State. But, like, and then just hoping either UConn wins or, like, I last long enough that I don't have to use Vanderbilt because this is really their only winnable game. So it's a very interesting Cool with in terms of that kind of strategy, but yeah, I just, sure. I just thought I'd throw that out there. It's uh, it's gonna be an interesting week for me. That's a tough call because even Troy can be pesky, so I don't even know what you do with that, Andy. How would you play that? That's an interesting decision. Well, if you took away the what the Wyoming game, I take Van, I would take Vandy, but Connecticut, like. That was I watched a lot, I watched like my fair share of that game, but I was like, I want to see this go down. Like Wyoming going out to Connecticut, not easy travel from Laramie to uh, Connecticut with layovers and stuff. I mean, but anyway, like I thought Wyoming would just run all over Connecticut, but I don't know. They they hung in there, but Vanderbilt is pretty bad. Yeah, that's an interesting set. South Carolina is bad too, but you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta use them at some point. So use South Carolina. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, John. I got I gotta just say before you before you I know you had to, I, it sounded like you were gonna say something, but man, I whiffed on that Vanderbilt prediction. I thought they were gonna be decent this year, or at least better than they usually are. They're atrocious. I bad job out of me. But anyway, John, yeah, did you have another point? No, I mean, I, I, um, I don't know what I'm going to end up doing. I have to take a couple more days, a couple more days to think about this. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Like, I, I kind of want to go the contrarian route and not take Vanderbilt and whatever. Just, just either pray they lose, the UConn actually continues their improvement and, and wins, or I don't have to end up using Vanderbilt. Or if I have to use them the last game of the year against Tennessee, well, fuck it. If I'm still in the pool by then, I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just use them then. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but yeah, fun, interesting pool. Oh yeah. A friend of mine sent it to me and I was like, all right, I'm in, I'll, I'll play along with this. So, and it includes the SEC championship game too. So you want to save like Bama or Georgia or one of those teams for the, for the SEC championship. But that's another little, another little wrinkle 
wrinkle into it. But um, yeah, it's a it's first time I've done something like in a, a specific conference like Survivor Pool. So it's kind of kind of interesting. It's a great pick for a conference too. You got some real challenges in there. So good luck, John. I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Let us know next week at, if you could. Yeah, that'd be fun. Very good. So let's see where are we at. Oh, I think we're up to the Dave picks. Okay, so let's uh, let's do my picks for Week Five in the NFL. Let's do it. All right. Okay. All right, away we go. Let's uh, let's begin. So it took me like ten minutes to figure this out, and I kind of whipped this together before we started the show. But I like my picks. I like these. In fact, I even have a bonus pick. So we're gonna start in Indiana at West Lafayette, Indiana. I will play the pick, John. I'm going to take Minnesota getting two and a half after losing to Bowling Green. I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. But, hey, when you're that bad and you're playing another terrible, or maybe not terrible, another disappointing team, what goes down must come up. So I'm going to give it a chance. You Just big 10 underdogs to me continue to be great value throughout the season. And I feel like this is the spot that would probably fit cater to the underdogs. So we're going to give it to the Gophers. Everyone's down on them. I think they'll actually win this game. So Minnesota plus two and a half. Game number two, we are going to reluctantly take the disruptor of Stanford getting eight versus Oregon. I hate the pick because I don't want them to do it. But I have to play the significant value. I just can't see Oregon pulling away from this team easily, especially on the road. I mean, I know Stanford has no home field advantage, but it doesn't matter. It's still on the road. I've seen so many times Stanford beat Oregon at the farm. And I know that Stanford's not that good, and I know Oregon's significantly better on paper. I I just can't trust Oregon here to cover. So we're going to get take Stanford getting eight. And I, it's like one of those picks where it's like, I'm taking it, but I hope it doesn't happen. Well, well, here we are. I just, I just feel like it's too big a number for me to ignore. So those are my picks. Uh, Minnesota plus two and a half. Stanford plus eight. Today, or tonight, I'll have a bonus pick for you. I will also play Andy's suggestion of Ole Miss getting 14.5 at Alabama because those two teams tend to play a lot of close games. It's it's very interesting. I mean, not all the time, but, man, every other year you see a game that's a classic. So it's it's going to be an interesting one. So to re- repeat for, for the uh, Week 5 picks, Minnesota getting 2.5, Stanford getting 8. And for a bonus pick, not going to count on the con- during the contest, Ole Miss getting 14 and a half for week five. Okay, so now we've got Ron in New Jersey, and let's get his picks. Okay, Ron is going to take Missouri giving two and a half against somebody. I didn't see catch who. Tennessee. Tennessee? Like oh, I do like that. It's again Tennessee. I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a shot. Nicely done, Ron. Game number two? I think, John, I think you'll like this one. UTSA giving 21 and a half. 21 and a half. So one more time for Ron. Missouri minus two and a half. UTSA minus 21 and a half. Did I switch the scene over here? Oh, I didn't. Okay. Well, those are Ron's picks, everybody. Those of you watching on YouTube. Week five. So now let's segue to the guest picks from our friend Mike in North Jersey. And uh, Mike, I hope you're doing all right out there, wherever you are. Um, Here you go. Mike has these picks for us from college football. Game number one, he's going to take the Hogs. Arkansas getting 18 and a half for game number one. For game number two, he's going to take it. And this is, a, and I, you know, we all kind of were wondering if this is going to happen, but he's going to take Iowa giving three and a half 
in a Big Ten meeting between them and I'm trying to remember who. Oh, Maryland. Yeah. So uh, Mike and North Jersey's picks are Arkansas plus 18 and a half and Iowa minus three and a half. And that does it for us tonight. Pretty good. So let's give it to everybody for final thoughts. We'll start with uh, John again. John, what, what what do you have to say as far as the uh, the week in review uh, for football picks this week? Yeah, um, very good show, Dave. We've covered a lot here, uh, a lot of games. We touched on a lot. Um, I'll just mention one other one here. I'm just looking through the list of, of college games this weekend. Another kind of trappy line. So Florida State is giving four and a half points to Syracuse, an own four team who just looked like complete garbage the last three weeks, giving four and a half to Syracuse, who just had a big win over Liberty on Friday night. Um, it, I hate it, but it's telling me to take Florida State, which I don't want to do, but I think the line, that's what the line is telling you to do. Um, but, yeah, so a very interesting card of, of games. Um, should be, like I said, you've got to cherish every, every weekend here when we get, get the, get the football season. Um, I will mention, obviously I was not on the program last week. I was kind of still recovering from my trip to Las Vegas. I will report the Allegiant stadium is amazing. Um, I saw UNLV play Iowa state. It was a, a complete blowout. I mean, just, you know, it was like 48 to three Iowa state. I did bet the under, so I did have a winning ticket, but, um, you know, it was the stadium is just fantastic fantastic and um they weren't even selling like some of the the like the fourth deck seats because you know you're not gonna get enough fans for a college game but there was at least i'd say the the, the breakdown of fans there was probably 75 percent iowa state and 25 percent unlb it was crazy how many fans they had there uh just a very very passionate fan base who, who travels so good on them i mean who, who can go wrong with the trip to vegas uh for sure so that was that was a, a lot of fun um you know, other than that, I mean, just my usual activities there. The sports betting was quite good. I mean, but of course, when you leave the sports book, there's the flashing lights of the machines and the tables are calling your name, and then you you kind of lose what you won there. But that's Ooh. you know that's how it goes. But that it was it was a good time. Cool. I did look at the schedule, um, UNLV's future schedule. So if they play, if I go on the same weekend next year, they're home against North Texas. So I'm gonna guess not as many fans in the building for that matchup. So maybe I can. <laughs> uh, get a cheaper ticket or, or sit like on the sidelines for that one if I, if I decide to go again I maybe see a more competitive game but just a, a tremendous stadium I actually would like to go see the, the Raiders if I'm there the weekend the Raiders are playing I definitely would go to a Raiders game just a, a mar- incredible stadium I really enjoyed it um, so yeah that was my quick little little report on uh, on Allegiant Stadium and yeah, yeah it should be a great weekend of, of games and um, looking forward to it hopefully, hopefully everyone has some winners and we'll We'll see you again next next week, John. That's thanks for the recap of Vegas. That's really cool. I'm glad that you, overall that your gambling went pretty well and uh, good good stuff as, as far as Legion Stadium. That that sounds great. I can't wait to go over there now. That sounds that's awesome. I'm glad it was. It were. It, I'm glad you like, had a good time over there. So let's go to Andy and let's get your final thoughts as well. Yeah, just piggybacking on uh, Iowa State. Uh, between the there's been some mild to big disappointment so far in college football, like Iowa state, UNC and San Jose state based on what we, uh, we guys were all jazzed up about on the preview compared to now. Um, Campbell and Purdy just, Ooh, their shine has worn off pretty quick, but, uh, final thoughts. Uh, 
yeah, like John says, we need to, the, the years are fast, the days are slow. You gotta, you gotta really enjoy college football and the NFL, but yeah, it's already, you know, the October, this Saturday. The first world problem is you, you bet like literally 20 games and then the West Coast could be 9 a.m. to midnight with the Hawaii game. And then at the end of the day, you're like, I don't even remember. Like, I watched so many games. Like, it's like I didn't watch any of them because he got so much going on. Uh, and it's just, it's such a blur. But it's fun. Um, and then with the Ryder Cup, yeah, after Friday, you could just, it just wasn't your, it wasn't in the cards for Europe. Um, to borrow Mad Dogs theme, Europe, just, they got some ancient guys. Uh, no fans and the americans team uh no tiger no bubba watson no webb simpson but no tiger like i feel like without without tiger the other players could like breathe a little more proverbially speaking and they're just stacked i mean colin morikawa xander shoffley can't like even clown like daniel berger like those guys are freaking good uh, ever hear of a guy named Jordan Spieth? He's pretty good too. Just those guys, I mean, no wonder why they were minus 200. But I still took Europe, and um, but it's okay. We'll take them again in Rome in two years' time. But <laughs> that course was uh, was tough. They the Europeans just couldn't get any uh, no mojo to stick. Uh, Lee Westwood was old. Uh, you could question some of the decisions Harrington made, like. Westwood and, and, and Matt Fitzpatrick is not a pairing I would have said. I'm not the captain, but this is two years in a row now. Fitzpatrick has just looked awful in the Ryder Cup. Uh, Fitzpatrick, he looks, he, he's like got like a 14 year old body, but he looks like an 80 year old man sometimes too. Just like he's not, he just lacks rah rah. Um, I don't know. And, and Hatton is just too much of a head case out there. Hovland is good. You know, the future is bright for Victor Hovland, but Lowry showed you some life. Rory was 0-3 until the – they just – everything that could go wrong for Europe did go wrong. And after Friday when they were down, you know, whatever they were down, 6-2, it just – you know, they weren't going to recapture the magic of Medina or France. It just, it just wasn't in the card for them. And the American team – is a lot easier to root for without the aforementioned Bubba and Webb and Fowler and some of the old guard. Um, these guys are a lot more fun to root for. Yeah, I mean, you did still have Bryson DeChambeau, right? But even even past that, it's still a pretty fun team. So I'm yeah, with I'll it. I'll quickly. I, I know I said I, I really didn't watch much of it, but just overall on the between both the teams, I mean, the American team is pretty, like Andy is saying, like they're set up for the next three to four Ryder Cups with those guys like yeah. that's going to be a tough team to beat and you look at Europe okay like you're not going to be seeing Westwood and Poulter and Casey and Garcia I'm guessing in the next few Ryder Cups like who's replacing those guys like I literally don't know like who's the next level of European player that's going to take their spot like I obviously there could be some guys that kind of pop up in the next year or two and, and um, play well and join the team but like who is it right now is it like I don't know, Rasmus Hogard is your next guy? Like, honestly, I have no idea who's the next level of 
Uh, yeah, I have to look at the list. Like, who just missed the cut for the European team? It's a it's a tough scene at the moment for the Europeans. Like, they got Rory and Rom and, and Hovland, and that's that's basically their entire team. Yeah. So, uh, I actually would give the I was looking at the President's Cup team. I was just going to say that, yeah, years. like the international team. Yeah, the international team on the President's Cup looks pretty good compared to the to the um, the European team for the Ryder Cup. That, that, that's actually a match that should be played. The Europeans and the internationals, call it, call it whatever. Let's let's see that match. I'm in. Yeah, the international team is they're, they're This is the year that they could probably do it. You know, they got Answer Ortiz out of Mexico. Uh, the South African contingent's always strong. I mean, Asians. It's it's gonna. It's no pushover. I'll be definitely into that when that rolls around. Yeah, can you imagine a team with Hideki Matsuyama, Louis Oosthuizen. I mean, even though he doesn't do great in the majors, I mean, he's still pretty good. Like, that would be a good team. That'd be fun. Um, I do want to give a, a shout out to Justin Thomas too. He had some great shots during during that during that tournament. You know, so give it to him too. So you know, it played out the way that the odds maker said it would. So pretty good. Thanks everybody. This has been fun, and I and thank you for the kind words too, John. I mean, I, I agree. This was a good show tonight. Very solid shows. We really covered a lot of material. So, fellas, uh, have a great night, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Good luck with the picks. Thanks a lot, John. Take care. Take care, everybody. All right. So uh, that's our show tonight, Andy, John. Thank you very much for your time, everyone. And um, well, we say good night. Should be a really, really fun weekend of football. So uh, glad to have everybody here to cover everything. And we send our best to Ron as well as we continue. And Mike as well. Uh, it's good to see his guest picks. I am uh, I am Dave Medina. You can catch us on Twitter at DidCow. On the web at DidCow.com. And if you have not subscribed to this podcast yet and you're listening on the audio side, look for us at Dave in the City Out West on Apple Podcasts. On YouTube, you can find us also at Dave in the City Out West or DidCow for short. And you have all the video replays of this program. We'll see you next time.